Hey, it's Daniel, joined by the lovely Michelle. Good afternoon. I was supposed to say good morning, but I was running late today. You sure were. This is good chat. So good to see you in real life. Yes, this is the first time that we're doing this together in real life since... Many months. Sure. Mm. Yeah, so this is exciting. Yes, it involved uh, an extra 40 minutes of travel, but that's fine. Yeah, that sounds like a you problem. Well, let me explain while I was late. My HelloFresh arrived. It's my first box. And um, I kind of was running around the place because I thought it was coming in the afternoon. Yeah. And I didn't know if I had to quickly put it in the fridge. So I was kind of doing that. So that's the reason I'm late. So sorry. So you're late because you're putting your HelloFresh in the fridge. That's right. And also I got lost. I still need GPS to get to your place. I still need a GPS to get to my place. Do you really? I generally have it on as a background just in case I need to refer to it. I feel like I will eventually learn it, but it's just I haven't come here for a while. So I don't remember the route off by heart yet, but I'll get there. Okay. Well, we're all here for you, Michelle. Mm. But the thing is, the holder for my phone keeps falling off because it's one of those stick-on ones that sticks onto the windshield. So every time it falls down, it like falls down on the ground and I almost crash, but that's fine. I need to figure out a better system. (laughs) Those things are the worst, especially with the weather in Australia gets very, very hot, very, very warm. And those sticky things on the windows have no chance. Oh, I didn't know that that impacted the adhesiveness. I believe it because it starts to happen when I've been driving for a while. It always happens at the end where I need it most. Yeah. And same thing with my phone in that cradle on the window. Because of the heat, my phone starts to overheat and then I can't use it. Oh, really? Yeah. That's always fun. I just want a car with the GPS built in. We've been through this before, Michelle. I just want a new car. I don't need it, but I want it. All right. We'll start a GoFundMe. (laughs) Thank you. No worries. Accepting donations. Sure. Okay. Now, before we get into the predetermined topic of the episode, I've heard that you have been binging a certain show that I think was our first episode. Yes. You said that you couldn't get into and I was shook. But I hear you've had a change of heart and you've (sighs) finished a certain season six finale. Care to elaborate? No, I don't want to talk about this. Well, we're going to. (laughs) I need a public admission from you that this was the best show that you've ever watched. Okay. I have so much to say about this. We'll start by saying how you were wrong. (laughs) Okay. All right. Perfect place to start. So several years ago, maybe four or five years ago, this lady I used to work with, shout out to Susan from Northern Beaches. She recommended Schitt's Creek to me. Mm. She said to me, watch this show. I think you'll really like it. And I remember putting it on the first time, not paying any attention to it. It just didn't grab me and just giving up, turning it off. And I never looked back. Throughout the years, I've always been told the exact same thing. Oh, you haven't seen Shit's Creek. You really should watch it. You'll love it. Oh, yeah, it takes a few episodes to really get into it. Like, just give it a chance and then you'll love it. And it's amazing. And for whatever reason, recently, I decided to start watching it. And it was the best decision I ever made. Of course it was. But I do remember at the start, I was about six episodes in and I messaged you and I said, okay, so when am I supposed to start liking this? You know, when I think about it now, when I first binged it, I don't think I saw the first few episodes because I remember I was in Melbourne. It was my mum that put on, I'm mentioning my mum again. Hi, mum. Hello, Michelle's (laughs) mum. It was my mother who started binging it in the Airbnb first while we were holidaying in Melbourne. And I don't think I saw the first few episodes. So I kind of chimed in and started watching when she was fairly into the series. Okay. 
I think I must have missed the slowness or the whatever of yeah. the first couple of episodes. And because I've rewatched the series since. Yeah. By the time I rewatched season one, I remember not recognizing the early moments. I guess because I already had established like for the show, I was going to like it anyway by then. Yeah, I was going to say that because, yeah, you're already, already invested. You're already into the show. Bonus episodes, bonus. Lost episodes. Yeah. Charmed Uned Pilot starring Laurie Rom as Phoebe and Buffy's Uned Pilot starring Riff Regan as Willow. Ah, really? Yeah. You know, Laurie from Charmed didn't end up staying on the show because her church said that she couldn't. Wow. And also the Spice Girls featuring Michelle Stevenson as Baby Spice. Didn't know that one. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. So watching Schitt's Creek for me was, okay, yes, it was a bit of a slow start for me. Once I was hooked, there was no going back. I wanted to see more, so it was very easy for me to watch and I just keep going. Obviously, the characters have come from where they've come from and they're in this situation that they're in now, having to move to Schitt's Creek. You would expect a certain type of character, I guess, or, you know, you'd expect Mm. them to be like quite snobby or whatever. I feel like those characters, even the supporting characters in the cast, you don't really hate any of them. They're not mean people. No one's mean spirited or anything like that. Yes, they have their downfalls or they're quite naive to certain things, but they're all likable, I think. Yeah, they're still sympathetic, even though they have this upper class backstory. And now here they are, like, complaining about being in a rundown motel. Yeah. But you still end up liking them. You do. And I love the character progression for all of them. And I even feel like those character quirks got more refined as the show went on. And even, in some cases, more exaggerated, which just made it. And speaking of which... I think naturally the conversation is now going to steer to Moira Rose. And her accent. I thought it was genius. Alexis. I can't do it. It's just, I really want to be able to nail it. I want to, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like this really weird pronunciation of words and it's really hard to copy. Mm. It's definitely an accent that doesn't exist. It's not Mm. real. And I love in one of the episodes they did reference it. A woman with an unusual accent. I don't know what this has to do with me. I did wonder, though, if part of the inspiration for Moira Rose's accent was the faux British accent that Madonna has or had. I did Ah, wonder. I wonder. And apparently the first time they heard the accent was the first day of shooting. Oh, fun trivia. Yeah. She brought a lot to that character. And I think it was just genius because it just really worked. And can you imagine just like even without that accent, her character and the show would probably be completely different. Yeah, I would say even if the dialogue was all the same, it would have been so easy to ruin that part and make it someone that was just insufferable and annoying. The outfits even, I think these must be really expensive. Oh yeah, that's probably where all the fashion budget went. (laughs) Yeah, and then after I finished the series, I watched Best Wishes, Warmest Regards, A Shit's Creek Farewell. And in that they did mention they were like actual designer clothes. Yeah, all of that just helped to set the, the character, the mood, everything. Hold on, let me just open it. Sorry, I'm listening. I just need to have another Starburst. This is what happens when you provide Starbursts before recording. Wow. So after I watched the finale, I genuinely thought, oh, it took me about three or four weeks to get through this show. And I checked my Netflix viewing history just to make sure. So it took me 10 days to get through the show. Oh my gosh. I was in disbelief, first of all. How? I don't do this. Have you never watched something that fast before? The quickest thing I ever watched was Squid Game, which is one season. I watched it in a couple of days. What's it about? I don't know. Everyone keeps talking about it. It's about this person that works in an aquarium and they take care of squids. 
No, I'm kidding. It's basically. <laughs> I knew it wasn't that. I was like, I, just, I thought it was a, like a detective show. <laughs> no, it's basically like if you combine Hunger Games and the Big Brother challenges, but if you lose, you die pretty much. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And here I was thinking, was it like a cop show? No, you should watch it when you can. And I think for me, though, the problem was with watching Shit's Creek so quickly, I didn't even have a chance to process. And before I knew it, it was over. And I was not ready for that. I, I was like, I'm not ready to say goodbye. And the show really only started to get the recognition it deserved right up until its like final season. That's when there's like they won all the Emmys, right? Oh, I, I don't know. It was deserved. Yeah. And now they're talking about like a reunion, like <gasps> everyone's demanding reunions. It's probably going to be like a movie, but Dan Levy has talked about it, but he said only when he he gets the inspiration. Yeah, fair it. enough. Only when it's right. And I don't want a spin-off. People like talking about the spoilers for how it ends. Like they wanted a spin-off of yeah. Alexis in New York. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, I'd watch it, but it wouldn't be as good. The no. reason the show was good was because the whole family dynamic. Definitely. I will say though, at the very end, the ending was good, but I just thought at the last second, something big's going to happen. There's going to be a twist. There's going to be like, something's going to happen. And it didn't. And I thought, oh, okay. But it made sense. It was wrapping up the series. Like you're not going to end on a cliffhanger. I honestly thought that the whole family was going to stay. I was a little disappointed that they didn't. Only David did. Well, I thought that would be the case because something took a wrong turn. But I guess that if something took a wrong turn, that would just set you up for more seasons. Which then I'd be annoyed about and say, how dare they end the show like this? I want to know what happens next. Because I thought that's what the show was going for. It's like they've come into this town. They've given back. They've improved the town, but also the town has improved them. And so they'll make this decision to stay because they've formed all these bonds and stuff. I feel like more. While they did develop, they just kind of went back to their old lives. Except Alexis went off to do her own thing. Yeah, but, but they were better people, I think, for yeah. it. So and that was good. But I was surprised a few times where there was the prospect of something good happening in the show. And I'm so used to, it's going to be a disaster. It's not going to work out. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then it happens and it works out. I don't know. It was refreshing for me because I wasn't used to that. The relationships were stable. Yeah. I was just like, oh, wow, this is actually working out. And that's great. But I expected something to happen. Yeah, Alexis and Ted didn't stay together, but they endured for the most of it. There wasn't some off again, on again crap. I mean, two engagements, sure. But (laughs) the way they ended, though, I think was circumstantial. Yeah, but also I cared more about David and Patrick, so... I cared more about Moira. When Moira was going to be doing that movie, The Crows Have Eyes 3, The Crowening, I thought, (laughs) oh, this is going to be a disaster. But she made it work. Mm. And then there was a bit of a hiccup where, you know, the film got shelved and then eventually did come out and was successful on streaming into flicks. Oh, what's that? (laughs) And I was so happy for her. Yeah. Because she deserved that. Well, you know what? I'm very glad that she came around on this show because it's one of my favourite shows. One thing I I have noticed though is pretty much everyone who has seen it has loved it yeah i have heard people make the criticism that they'd watched the first few episodes and couldn't get into once it. they to be fair anyone who's gotten past that loves the show it's also a show that i guess we wanted more but it's not it's yeah. a show that didn't overstay its welcome either no i think it was good where it ended and we'll wait for the reunion movie there was actually a very 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 short reunion episode oh really yeah actually i had a dream last night oh yeah I had a dream last night and it was just a very brief scene. David was there and Stevie was there and I was in a store, but it wasn't Rose Apothecary. It was like a more of a grocery store. So you were in the scene? Yeah, I was there. Acting debut. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 
I actually had speaking lines. And then Stevie, she was holding a Cadbury flake and she said, does anyone else do this? And she was pretending that the flake was the iceberg from Titanic. And then she went and took a bite of it. And then I just looked at her and I was like, no, I've never done that before. And that was literally the scene. That was it. Oh my God. Start writing the fan fiction immediately. I thought that was random, but also I'm That's not, random. I'm not surprised. Something's on your mind by the sounds of it. It's I mean, still I, on your mind. I've been living this show for 10 days, Michelle. But I will say though, Stevie's little bit falling flat like that for her must have been super cringe. Oh, we're finally going to get onto the topic of the episode. <laughs> Great segue. So yeah, we're going to be talking about cringe. Cringe. Cringy moments, cringy things. I actually, I got to be confused because I thought, well, cringe, embarrass, what's really the difference? But according to science and Google, <laughs> it's embarrassment is an emotion, whereas cringing is a physical act. Yeah. And I guess you cringe from embarrassment. Yeah, exactly. You can cringe at yourself. You can cringe at others. You mm. can have empathetic cringe. Sure. Sometimes when someone else, for example, wheels a whiteboard. I have no idea what you're talking about, Michelle. <laughs> I'll let you tell the story. But when someone else is kind of, you know, in a bit of a pickle, you cringe mm. on their behalf. When someone experiences an inward shiver of embarrassment or disgust. Yeah, yeah. sure. Mm. We'll get to that in a second, Michelle. But first, I do want to mention it was pretty cringe when you said this. No, no, it's fine. I'll happy to pay the surge charge. Of course. You keep saying surge <laughs> charge. Surcharge. 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 S U R charge. Because oh, I thought it was like a surge in the. Oh, okay, surge charge. <laughs> you. That was pretty cringe, Michelle. <laughs> Why? You must have dug through the whole raw recording for that. How dare you? <laughs> it was very easy to find the surge charge blooper. Oh my gosh, that was so embarrassing. <laughs> I made you take that out. I was like, this cannot make it into the episode. Would you say that's pretty cringe, Michelle? It's pretty cringe. I felt pretty stupid because I've been saying surge charge my whole <laughs> life. But no, fortunately, that was just a private moment between friends. <laughs> Thank you for making that public. Sure. I'm cringing. That was a point though. Yeah. I mean, definitely I feel like I've had way cringier moments than that. But yeah. See, I can't do this. It's not fair. I can't do it back to you. I can't. So what was this whiteboard story you're referring to? Yeah, I'll, I'll have to use real life stories. So we used to work together. We did. And we would occasionally organize, the both of us would organize a team lunch with our colleagues. And then it wasn't the first time, but one day you were wheeling in the whiteboard from our manager's office. Yep. You just went in and you took it out and you started wheeling it into the open office. And... <laughs> You got called out in a way that was pretty cringe. Yeah. You were just standing there awkwardly while our manager was like, what are you doing? We have to get back to work. And you were just like, oh, I... You were just so uncomfortable because you were just standing there with this giant whiteboard and you were being grilled for it. I think you were being grilled as a joke, but at the time I could tell you couldn't tell and I couldn't tell either. Yeah. I took it upon myself to grab the whiteboard so we could play, was it Hangman or something? Something Just random. Yeah, just for a little bit. And I was put on the spot. I tell you what I I did. I remember when it was happening. I pretended like I wasn't listening because I didn't want to add, because everyone was like looking at you while you were just standing there (laughs) trying to be like, oh, well, um, I thought it was fine. Like uh, you were... A little flustered, I think. I pretended like I wasn't listening. I think sometimes parents can be a little cringe. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've talked a little bit about this before. My mother can sometimes go a bit Karen on staff. Yeah. 
I have talked about how she answers honestly to customer service people. I had the story about the guy that was like, download our app. And my mum was just like, why would I download the app? And yeah. I need to download everyone's app. I mean, just like, just say yes and close the door, mother. That was episode number two. Oh, wow. Was it? Yeah. Was, oh, so long ago. The same episode where I said search charge. The same episode <laughs> that I trolled through and found that little soundbite. <laughs> Actually, but more recently, we were out together and we went to celebrate lockdown ending. We went to some yeah. cafe that we had never gone to before. I won't say where, because sure. I don't want to put anyone on blast but my mother was not of the same mindset and so you know how the waiters or the people usually will ask how was everything did you enjoy it and you just say yes it's fine yeah my mother started giving a full review to that well the cake was a little dry and the only thing that was really good was my cappuccino my daughter didn't quite like her milkshake either she was a bit too chocolatey i'm like mom wow she threw you under the bus i was just like i can never go there again i was so embarrassed i tried to explain to her you're telling this all to someone that probably has no control over the cake and how it's made they're just there getting paid to do a job Write a Google review if you really need to get it off your chest. Well, speaking of, there have been moments similar where we've been in a drive-thru at a Porto and, you know, they usually take a little bit longer because they're making it fresh. And my mum, you know, was beeping the horn. I'm just like, (gasps) why are you doing that? Cringe. (laughs) Total cringe. You survived. (laughs) I am better for it. Mm. Character progression, Michelle. Character progression. Sure. (laughs) What was it the quote about the gossip? (laughs) (laughs) Gossip is the devil's telephone. It's best you just hang up. Yeah, that was a horrible Moira Rose impersonation. I thought it was good. It's as good as it's going to get. No one can do it. Moira is rolling in her grave. Oh, no, spoiler. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so speaking of Moira Rose. Again? (laughs) Yes. Something that was cringe in real life was when I met Kylie Minogue. So this was 2008 and she was doing it in store for her perfume. I was struggling with what do I say to her? Like, what do I say? I decided to just express my love for a certain indie era of hers in the late 90s. So yeah, I mean, she asked what my name was and she was signing the the poster for me. And I said to her, oh, just want to give a shout out to your deconstruction era, which was the record label she was on at the time. You know, the lyrics, the imagery, the music, like everything. And then I realized what I was saying could have sounded like I was saying that was her best stuff and then that's it. So then I said, you know, not that I don't like the new stuff. And she she then responded with something about like, if, you know, I had mixed feelings about it. And I, I was just like, this is not where this was supposed to go. And she, I was. Wait, so she had mixed feelings about the no, no, indie she, era? No, no, or no. The- she thought that I had mixed feelings about her newer music. I think on her part, she's being a little insecure there. No, I don't know. I mean, this is how I remember <laughs> it playing out. If you were saying that to me and yeah. I was a famous pop star and someone said that they appreciated my less appreciated, less known work, I would feel like, oh, this person really knows yeah. my catalogue. Like they sure. know it was like almost like a flex. You'd be like, I even know about this and I really liked <laughs> yeah. it. I mean, it's like a fan favourite era, but I think like because it was commercially not as successful as as what came before or after. That's why I guess I was trying to give it a shout out to say it's still amazing. I was really, really nervous. I was shaking. And yeah, I just remember getting off that stage and I was just like, I was so nervous. I don't think, I haven't done very many meet and greets, but I don't think I've ever said anything to them. You shouldn't. I just say hello. (laughs) Thank you. Hi, Amy Lee. Thank you, Amy Lee. She's like, what's my name? When I met Amy Lee, that's all she asked me. She was like, hello. And she was like, what's your name? And I said, Michelle. And then she just handed me back the poster and I don't even think she said goodbye or anything. I remember you telling this story and you were, it was like after a show. I was the last one. She almost missed me. Yeah. So, I mean, you're not going to have a full-fledged conversation with her. Yeah, and I was also really young and shy and awkward. But at least it wasn't cringe, Michelle. Yeah. Oh, but that same night, it was cringe because 
before she came around to us, I was standing with this old lady and I did two things. (laughs) I was like a really awkward child. First, while I was waiting for Amy Lee to come around to us, I leant on the railing because I was on the very end. And then I realized... Ew, David. Ew, David. Should I make like the Crows Have Eyes 3 t-shirt? Yes. I'm sure that someone's already done that. Yeah, but I'll make my own. Yeah. Um, Sorry. <laughs> we should just rename this episode to the Shits Creek episode. I just interrupted you. It's okay. Um, what was I saying? Anyways, I'm leaning on the railing. And then all of a sudden I hear this woman behind me just say, Sorry, love, you're on my arm. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized this woman was like gripping the railing. Yeah. And little short ass me was just like leaning directly on her arm. I had no idea. I couldn't feel it. Wow. And well, then, she, I'm sure she also couldn't feel it. Yeah, well, <laughs> she was very slow to say something, but I think she was feeling awkward and polite about it. And so I was just like, oh, sorry, my awkward like 10-year-old self. Yeah. Did she have to go and get her arm amputated? <laughs> what? I don't know. It was fine. But she intervened. But did you cringe? I was, I was super cringe. I was yeah. also very tired. I was well past my bedtime. And then a few moments later, I realized that a giant cockroach had crawled down the back of my shirt. Uh, and so I was like doing this frantic dance being like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. This is right after the arm leaning oh, incident. Right. I was drawing more attention to myself. So <laughs> yeah. not only had I just annoyed the woman, I was now going to annoy everyone around me as I was like, I dropped my poster that I was meant to be signed to. Yeah. And I was bumping into people. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. Because I knew what it was because I'd been looking at these giant cockroaches that were very aggressive. Okay. They're aggressive cockroaches because they're in the city. They're giant. They really come at you. They're not afraid of people. Like yeah. some cockroaches might scurry away, but they were just like comfortable for you and they flew and this one i could feel it the moment i heard the fluttering around my neck and then it in my shirt i knew exactly what it was and so i was having a freak out and i I watched it drop onto the ground but anyway it was really cringe because no one knew what the hell i was doing i was just having a freak out because it scurried away as quickly as it came and everyone's just like what the hell well it's kind (laughs) of like when you walk into a spider web and you freak out and try to get it off you but people watching you don't know what the hell's going on and if they do it's still embarrassing speaking of celebrities and cringe It was super cringy when Nicki Minaj said this. I'm a human being. (laughs) Was she trying to be funny? Because that was like in the middle of a very impassioned speech. So she was having a bit of a rant about the way she was being Being treated. Being treated as a female in the industry. She does have these moments, especially in those days where she was playing more of a character, I think. I don't know about that particular line, though, but she would often say things or do things that were in character at the time. So I don't know. I think it was odd, but I don't know if it was cringe. We quoted all the time. So maybe it was meant to be an iconic moment. It it just went on for like one second too many. And I wasn't sure if she was being serious or not. I think that's what it was. Yeah, it's hard when you don't know if they're in on the joke or if they're doing it on purpose. I just have a little list here of celebrity cringes throughout the times. Everyone is familiar with the time when Tom Cruise jumped on Oprah's couch, professing his love for Uh, Katie Holmes. That was very cringe. I mean, I didn't know what he was thinking at the time. No one does. I don't even think he did. Yeah. It must have been the Scientology. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We'll blame Scientology. Yeah. So um, I don't know if it was cringe as much as it would have been embarrassing for her. But in 2007, at a Black Eyed Peas concert, Fergie wet herself. I'm just showing you Uh, some photos of that. Oh, I didn't know that. It had happened at the time. And I remember she spoke about it afterwards saying that she really needed to go. She was on stage and it happened. And then she ended up getting champagne bottle and popping the top of that to try and disguise what had happened with champagne. That's clever. 
But I remember also 30 Seconds to Mars were performing at an award show and she was introducing them. And she said, I'm so excited that I could pee myself again. <laughs> this is another one that everyone knows. I mean, you would definitely know this. Mm. I'm real happy for you and I'm going to let you finish. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, so that was a bit cringe as well when Kanye stormed the stage when Taylor Swift won that VMA. The reason it's so cringe is it just, it just seems like a total lack of awareness on a certain party's part that's just don't. Like, yeah. just don't. <laughs> that Beyonce had one of the greatest videos of all time. Even if it's true. Of all time, yeah. And <laughs> But then Beyonce did end up giving Taylor a platform when Beyonce won an award and she wanted to bring Taylor out to have her chance to speak now. Women supporting women. Okay, so the next one was very unfortunate, but it was very, very cringy to watch because you could see the pain, you could see the anger, you could see the uncomfortableness. Is that a word? The discomfort. Yes, of Mariah Carey when she was performing on New Year's Eve in 2016. It did not go well for her, so I'm sure you're aware of this. I'm no, sure you're familiar. I don't. You're not familiar with the Mariah Carey New Year's Eve performance? No. We'll watch it after this. Sure. Okay. So she was complaining prior that her innies weren't working and she constantly was being told, oh, it's fine. It's fine. Oh, it's because when you get closer to the stage, that's when they'll kick in. She was at the stage and they're still not working. And then she was told, oh, it's because we're not live yet. When we go live, you'll be able to hear it. So anyway, there are bits where she's lip syncing and she's not lip syncing in time. I mean, now we know why, but the second song was Emotions. There was a backing track, like backup vocals and the high notes were also going to be lip synced, but there was no main vocal on the song because I guess she was supposed to be singing that live and she couldn't really hear what was happening, took her inies out. And I mean, they were in Times Square, so she couldn't hear anything. It was just like a disaster performance because what are you supposed to do in that situation? Mm. What can you do? She can't even hear what's going on. And she's trying to sing along to the track, but that's not working either. And you could just see, she just gives up and she's just like, this song went to number one. Kind of like, that's what's important. <laughs> she giving some trivia. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a train wreck. And oh my gosh. I mean, yes, you'd feel bad for her watching this and it's just, it's super cringy. And then at the end, she's like, that was amazing. And she's just done. She's done. Oh my gosh. It's like that. This reminds me of that Ashley Simpson. <laughs> There's a moment where she's just like the backing track starts playing and she's just like, I, I still don't understand what happened. She okay. blamed the band. She blamed the band. It wasn't the band's fault. Okay. So let me give you the scoop of yeah. the behind the scenes. Well, first, she, in case people don't know, there yeah. was like, she was on a late night show. Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And then the band started playing and she just looked so confused and she didn't sing along to the song at all. Cause she, I don't know what happened. She just like yeah. was awkwardly dancing and it was so cringe. All right. So basically she was performing on Saturday Night Live. She performed two songs mm. and I believe this was the second song that she was doing on the show. Oh, so the first one was fine. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, yeah. she had acid reflux. Oh. This was the reasoning afterwards. She said she had acid reflux and was told to just lip sync. The first song I believe was Pieces of Me. And then it was her second song. And for that one, the band's playing the second song and the vocals for Pieces of Me start playing. And that's when she starts uh. to react and just go, this is the wrong vocal for the wrong song. What's going on? So then she's just looking around like, what do I do? And that's when she does her little dance and just kind of walks off uh. stage. And then afterwards, at the end of the show, she explains, and I say explain in inverted commas, that I'm so sorry, guys. My band started playing the wrong song. I didn't know what to do. But in real life, it's because she was lip syncing and it just did not go according to plan. 
I mean, if she was unwell and the vocal track was just the wrong track, yeah. I mean, that's also not her fault either. So. No, but I mean, it was very cringe in the moment. It was just like, what is she supposed to do? How embarrassing. Yeah. And I remember she performed, I think it was at an award show. She did a little bit where the song starts up and she's like, no, no, guys, stop, stop, stop. She's like, this is the wrong song. You're playing the wrong song. And then she's like, I'm just kidding you guys. And then gets into the song to oh. redeem herself. It was did a it bit land? She did. <laughs> she redeemed herself. She went on to do sellout shows. She's okay now. Love that for her. What about celebrities falling on stage? Do you think that's cringe? I think it's hilarious. I, I love watching the compilation. Yes, very entertaining. I like it. I know it's horrible to say, but it's fun to watch. They never get seriously hurt. I was going to say, <laughs> like they didn't get seriously injured, so it's fun to watch. Jennifer Lawrence was at an award show walking up the stairs and she yeah. fell down in her massive dress. I didn't think that that was that bad because it kind of plays into her whole shtick of like, I'm clumsy. I'm just an average everyday girl. I'm super relatable. Super relatable. Yeah. What else, Michelle? Hostile interviews. Can you think of an interview where the person being interviewed was like hostile? I definitely can think of one. In fact, I'm going to play a little something from an interview that Madonna did. I believe it was around 2003. I have a problem with the fact that there's no air in here and I'm going to die. Open the door now. I'm suffocating. Just give me a fan. It's unbelievable. I mean, I can't even think to answer a question. <laughs> Can I offer you my interview questions? And obviously you can't see it, but at the very end, she snatches yeah. the interview questions off the interviewer and fans herself with them. Yeah, I mean, that's an example of bad behaviour. But yeah. when I think cringe, I think it's like when there's tension or awkwardness between the person asking the question. I find in most cases it's females, being it's women being interviewed. Questions. Yeah, and they're yeah. being asked things that are inappropriate or relevant and it's just like, what's wrong with you? Why are you asking me this? There was an interview of the guy that played young Anakin in Star Wars. Yeah. I know you haven't seen Star Wars or Star I Trek. I haven't seen Star Trek, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, yeah. that was my joke. That was my little <laughs> bit, yeah. And he was being asked questions and it sounded like he was just over it. It was so awkward, so cringe. He seemed like really angry at the fact that he was being questioned about it. And it was like one of those conventions, I think. But oh, he's right. basically stonewalling the interviewer and the interviewer was just like, oh, okay. Right. And then when the interview was like, you seem like you're upset. And he's just like, no, I'm not. I'm just answering your questions. I'm like, no, you you do seem upset. <laughs> so that's an example. Stuff like that I find is yeah. pretty cringe when the interviewer is being stonewalled. Dakota Johnson on Ellen. That was yes. cringe. She's just like, why didn't you invite me to your party? And Dakota was just like, I did. Yeah. I was so happy though when Dakota did that because yeah. Ellen needed to be called out. And I mean, I've been saying that for years. I would watch a show and I would watch her, I don't know if bully is the right word, but she would interview these guests and you could see that they were very uncomfortable and she would ask them questions that she knew she wasn't supposed to be asking them. I mean, what do you say? What do you, how do you react to that? Like they would just kind of have to answer or awkwardly kind of, you know, talk around it. But it was okay that she could do this because she's Ellen and she's funny and she's a comedian and it's fine. But I was always like, I don't like how she does that to her guests. I never liked that. She doesn't seem that friendly. I don't know yeah. if it's just me, but I feel like for years she's been over this gig. Like she just doesn't like being a talk show host anymore. And so she's never really that enthused by the people she's interviewing. And it just makes it worse when she's trying to do these like gotcha kind of put them in a tricky position kind yeah. of questions. It just the whole thing makes me cringe. 100% cringe. Totally cringe. Declare it cringe. Yeah. Mm. I feel like there are so many examples of really awkward celebrity interviews like that. Yeah. Aubrey Plaza. I love her. I think she's so funny, but there's sometimes her humor doesn't land. I don't know too much about her, but I've always thought that she was one of those people that people tended to not like. And she had that attitude of, oh, I'm over everything. 
I think she tries to do this persona where she's like really awkward and says really strange things. And I remember once she got up on stage and Will Ferrell won some award, I think over her or something. I don't know the full story. Yeah. And then she kind of went up and she was awkwardly like trying to pull the trophy off him. And I think she was trying to be funny, but it was just like Will Ferrell didn't know how to play off it. And then it just kind of was like, um, okay. So it was just cringe. Yeah, it was. And then she went and sat down and she was like trying to be all pouty and angry. And then I think a lot of people thought she was being for real. Oh, right. But it was obviously a joke, but it didn't land. She used to do this thing where she'd drink from the host cup. And then one time it was really funny because the host was like, I forget which host it was. And she just took a sip and then the host was like, that's my cup. And she spat it out and it was like really funny. And she was just like, oh my gosh. Oh. Yeah. And then she tried to do the same thing again on another show. But the host just wasn't noticing it. He was like, oh, I don't want to embarrass her. So I won't tell her. But I could tell that she was looking at him like, oh, look what I'm doing. And oh. uh, it was a bit cringe. Yeah, that's very cringe. It's really yeah. awkward and cringy when someone is doing something and they're wanting or waiting for someone to notice and it's just like no no sorry it's not happening yeah okay now we've talked a lot about celebrity cringe but i think we probably in the interest of fairness we need to talk about our own cringe stories well i did michelle oh yeah the whiteboard story but anyway michelle back to you i cringe at everything so things that aren't even cringe i will think of forever yeah I think something that everyone has probably experienced before is where you're at a restaurant or at a drive-thru and you're told by the person working there, enjoy your meal. And you say, thanks, you too. And then you realize, oh, awkward. Yeah, I read a lot of stories like that on Reddit. Yeah. But actually, this reminds me of a story. I was with two friends and this was like the first time we were ever meeting up because we were online friends for a while. Oh, right. Do you Um, drink with your online friends online? No. Okay. Neither do I. (laughs) Good. So we met up in the city and we went to an Indian restaurant and I think they admitted that they don't really go to restaurants often and it showed. One of them ordered butter chicken because it was an Indian restaurant and they just kind of poured all the butter chicken onto their plate. So it started to overflow on the plate and then it went on the table. The waiter was just kind of like, what are you doing? What do you mean? So was it in a bowl or something? Yeah, it was a certain bowl and then he ordered his own. So he just kind of like poured it all on. It was too much sauce. And it's just like eating them to kind of serve in pieces, you know. So that was a little embarrassing. But then my other friend ordered tea. And then when he was talking to the waiter, he was holding the teapot. And I don't know why he was holding the teapot, but he was distracted and he was looking up at the waiter. And then with the other arm, he was like pouring the tea unintentionally on the ground. Oh, And he was doing it for a solid, (laughs) like, I would say maybe like a solid five seconds. And then I just turned to him and I was just like, by the way, (laughs) and it was a bit cringe. Wow. I mean, it's almost as if he didn't want the tea. Yeah, I know, right? That's the tea. We were all pretty awkward. It was all our first time meeting up, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Never again. (laughs) We did afterwards. Okay. It got better. Hashtag it gets better. Sure. I love how I'm talking about all these other people's cringe stories to avoid my own. Yeah, that's fine. In the interest of balance, I will give a story of myself now. Okay. I played soccer as a child. I didn't do it because I liked it. I did because my friends at the time were into it. I was really bad. I did not really enjoy it. Yeah. I was glad when I could finally stop doing it. It was more just a thing you do because your friends are doing it and your mom's just like, go do yeah. it. And I almost basically every single game, I would never even kick the ball. I would just avoid any sort of participation. Yeah. I was pretty useless and I'm pretty sure I was put in like the useless positions as well. And then one day it came to me, I kicked the ball and wow. I was just like kicking it all the way down the field. I was like, oh my gosh, this is happening. And then I kicked it towards the goal and I just started being like, yes, I did it. I'm celebrating. Now I missed, first okay. of all, it didn't even go into the goal. Second, 
It was our team's goal. So not only did I miss, but I was actually taking the ball in the complete wrong direction. Wow. Uh, and here I was just like jumping up and down going, yippee. <laughs> You're like, I finally did it. And I finally like, did no, it. And then no. I remember looking at the crowd and they'll just like kind of be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? I think kids do a lot of cringy things. I remember saying like a lot of things to try and get attention. Okay. I mean, this isn't cringe, but it just reminds me that kids are very random. Like yesterday, my nephew randomly just asked, are there people in space right now? I'm just like, what? Why do you, what? Kids are random. Yeah. yeah. Totally random. Totes my goats. I know that my boyfriend who says I don't mention him enough on the podcast, so here I go. Oh, Michelle, how <laughs> is your boyfriend? He's great. That's great. I'm He's glad. not going to be great after this story. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's not someone that embarrasses easily, I don't think. Okay. But he says, as a kid, he was at school and they were doing this huge assembly. Yeah. Here I am deflecting again. Sure. <laughs> they were at this huge assembly and I think they asked, what city is the Harbour Bridge in? And then in front of not just his grade, I think it was the whole school. He just shouts out New York. And wow. then the whole school starts laughing at him. And he says that that's his biggest cringe story. Where would he even get New York from? Like, why was he thinking of New York? I know. I think I vaguely remember him saying something about the Simpsons. Oh, he just assumed everything was in New York. It checks out. <laughs> yep. I mean, I'm sure and I would hope that he now knows that the Sydney Harbour Bridge is not in New York. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. See, the thing is, I know I have so many stories. I feel like every week I'm cringing over something I've done or said. Yeah. Oh, I've just thought of one. I was playing Pictionary once in front of a lot of people. I think the Pictionary was Sail. Okay. But yeah. I read it as Snail. So oh. here I was quickly trying to draw a snail as quickly as I could. <laughs> yeah. And then the round ended and everyone was just like, what? Because obviously someone had drawn a boat and I had yeah. drawn a snail. <laughs> and... I was so confident that I knew that yeah. I was like, what do you mean sale? It was snail. Like what? And then I got publicly shamed because wow. we looked at the actual thing was sale. So you just had this really cringy moment, which came down to the fact that you can't read. Yes. I don't know what happened. I just imagined an N at the end of the S. Yeah. I feel like I sort of played it off well because I was like, oh, I'm silly, aren't I? But I was just secretly, I was just like so embarrassed. I was like, I'm never getting up again. You'll never play Pictionary again. And I'll never laugh again. You'll never love again? I'll never write a song. Won't even sing along? Yep. Okay. You've left me speechless. So that is from Lady Gaga's critically acclaimed <laughs> The Fame Monster EP. Yes. Not an album, an EP. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Michelle, we've cringed a little today, mm. so we're going to wrap up. But before we do, here's a word from our sponsor. Now that the world's opening up again, it's time to get away, discover, and create new memories. Good Chat Travel presents the shit experience, as in, like, Shit's Creek, with your tour guide, Sunrise Bay's very own Moira Rose. Oh, hello, you. I'm filming television's Moira Rose. Won't you join me for a little stroll through the slice of paradise I like to call the town where I currently am? Don't be starstruck. Moira is human after all. I am approachable. And to prove it, she will even let you touch her wig. Please don't. No, Maureen does not like to be manhandled. Okay, well, she will let you take a photo with her. Showing up, taking your picture with a motley crew of pale, dewy-faced salamander people. In Shits Creek, you will experience a luxury five-star motel experience. Keep an eye on these bags. Apparently in hell, there's no bellman. Experience Shits Creek, the land that time and class forgot. Visit Rose Apothecary, Twyla's Diner, and breathtaking sights such as... Grass. Too much grass. The first 50 people to book will also take a cooking class with Moira. No, 
next step is to fold in the cheese. Spots are limited, so book your shit experience now. Call 0055-724-488. So why wait? Book your vacation now to this humble little oasis. If heaven had a creek, it would be this one. Moira Rose isn't real and will not be present on the tour. Also, Shits Creek doesn't exist. Okay, look, you might be cringing at small little interactions you've had, but just remember that most of the time people aren't remembering them and you won't remember them when you have to do your podcast on cringing. I mean, I've said it before that it's usually the case where you're the one who keeps thinking about it and no one else does, except for you who remembers my cringing moments, but that's a whole other story. Yeah, I'm special that way. Sure. And also, there's always celebrities that are cringing on an international platform, so at least you're not them. So you can always deflect and talk about their cringing stories like you do often where you don't want to talk about your own show. Yeah. I mean, what is life without a little cringe, Michelle? It is an inevitability of existence. If you find yourself in a cringy moment or situation, just remember Michelle is a lot worse off. And also remember that the Harbour Bridge is in Sydney and not New York. And also remember that none of this will matter when we're dead. Sure. I'm just thinking about the cheesecake I ate yesterday, sorry. Um... (laughs) Michelle, it's been such a pleasure to do this with you again in real life. The pleasure is all yours. This has been good chat. Good chat. <laughs>